This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The next offering, a bouncing ball toward third, off the glove, down the left field line, racing around third, heading home to score as Ortega. Cubs lead one to nothing. Berger on a backhanded short hop play had the ball bounce off the glove and carry him into foul territory down the left field line. Ortega scoring from second. He holds this time. That's strike one. The ball gets away. The Sox have tied the game through the wickets of Higgins. One all. AJ didn't see it at first and finally got a glimpse of this thing. Here's Higgins. He lays down a bunt back to the mound. Lopez has no play at third. He spins to first and throws it all over the place. 2-1 Cubs. A ground ball base hit left field. An insurance run is in. Morrell continues to get the job done. A ground ball single through the right side. He's on base for the 11th consecutive time in his young big league career. And he's got an eight-game hitting streak, and the Cubs now have a three-to-one lead. Here comes the 0-1 from Efros. A line drive, base hit to center. Rounding third, heading home is Mendick. The throw by Morrell, offline. Ball game tied at three. 2-0. Angle pumps it over second base, and down. It's a base hit. AJ's around third. Throw to the plate is late and bouncing away. Adam Angle to second base. The Sox are in big business here in the 11th. Five infielders for the Cubs. Berger to left, and that is game. Five infielders. Doesn't matter. The Sox take the long way home. Five to four. This was a tough day for Jake Berger. He hung with it. He got his first hit of the day, and it turned out to be a game winner. And now, Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Indeed. Welcome in. Steve Rosenblum here, and over there is Gabe Ramirez. Hi, Gabe. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Glad to be on with you today. 
Happy to be here on, um, you know what, I'm not going to say happy Memorial Day because Memorial Day is not a happy day. It is a day for solemn reflection. It's a day for appreciation of people who gave their lives for this country. So I will just welcome you in on this Memorial Day. Hope the sun shines for you. And you, Gabe, as a White Sox fan, um, where's your sunshine meter today? <laughs> we heard all the highlights that Cesar Perez, our spectacularly efficient producer, put together of the runs, the hits, the calls. We want to thank the score. That's us. We want to thank, um, who do we thank? Who is it? Comcast, NBC Sports Sportsnet, Chicago. NBC Sports, Sports Vision, Jason Benetti for the Sox and Cubs highlights. And none of it mattered. Because the story of the game was in the fifth inning. The story of the game in the fifth inning was Tim Anderson fielding a ball, making a nice play, falling down, and perhaps taking the White Sox season with him. Let's hope not. Well, what did you see? What do you think? And we'll update you on what we know and where this is going. I think initially I said to myself, ah, it looks like he didn't stretch before the game. Because <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't look like a... You know, usually when you pull your groin, you're you're running to first base. You're trying to make a turn around second. Something that's <clears throat> putting an <clears throat> excuse me putting an extreme effect on your groin area. Looked like he was just moving to his left, making the play. But you know, sometimes overuse kind of gets there. I will say, when you saw him go to the ground, I could I all I thought about honestly, Steve, was everyone in the stands. Because you know, when you're actually there and you see someone go down, mm-hmm. you gasp. You you can care less about the play, and you say, "Oh no, it's Tim Anderson." Oh no, he's in the middle of a routine play. He's down, and he doesn't look well. And so when when he was being helped off the field, even then you said to yourself, "Okay, well maybe it's just something that's slight. He might be able to return in no time. Maybe not in this particular game, but." And then as you started to get the rumors, and people were being really dejected and saying, "Oh no, it looks as though this could be serious." And as you mentioned in the beginning of your your, your statement, it could be something that's very detrimental to this this White Sox season. Then Danny Mendez comes in, has a decent game, but you can't help but say to yourself, like, of course, these are the things that happen to our Chicago teams. These are the things that happen. You, you Whether it's a, a, a Bears team that you feel like is going to perform well and the, the quarterback gets injured or, you know, it's just these are the things that happen you feel like you can't necessarily get over the hump. Well, this year, uh, the White Sox, and last year, I mean, their injuries... There's two things going on here. Well, there's a lot of things going on here. And the number of core and hamstring injuries that have been part of the White Sox for two years running now. I mean, look at you. Aloy, Aloy seems like an injury waiting to happen every year. He's the, he's the left field version of Carlos Rodon. He's going to have Michael Kopech. They're going to go down. They're going to get hurt. It's just a matter of when. And Yoan Moncada. And he can't stay. Louis Robert, he can't stay healthy. Yeah. And now you got Tim Anderson going down. And you got a team that can't play offense, team that can't hit. Keem. They scored five runs. Danny Mendick, two for four. He had two hits and replaced and two runs scored. And and there he, Jake Berger's driving him in. And you're going, wait, okay, they did it. But against a lousy team, the Cubs suck. And the White Sox, <laughs> the White Sox were lucky to split. What you're seeing with this awful uh, Sox offense and this awful spate of injuries because it's over two years. If it were just this year, you go, oh, well, they shortened spring training, so that's why 
Yep, Lance Lynn got hurt. He's working his way back. He's had two good outings. Joe Kelly got hurt how long, yeah, again. How Immediately. Long, how long is he going to be? And now you have all these other injuries. But it's been a couple years. So that offense is what will get Frank Menachino t- fired. And these injuries will get you replaced as a trainer. And I'm not advocating for this, but I'm saying that the you talked about stretch. Guy didn't stretch right. I don't know. I don't know what the routine's supposed to be. The player's supposed to know. It's on the player, but it's also on the trainer. This is what teams do. They fire the trainer. Immediately. They fire. They hit. Well, you can't fire. The, well, yeah, I guess you could fire the trainer immediately. Yeah. And you fire the hitting coach because you can't fire. Well, they fired Dallas Keuchel. Why they can't fire Yasmani <laughs> Grandal, I don't know. He's a catcher who can't catch, and he can't hit. He's one of the worst hitters in baseball with over 150 at-bats. So you're watching this, and you're going, what is your answer, White Sox fan, Gabe? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously it's a tough run for injuries for the Chicago White Sox indeed. You wonder if... You wonder, you wonder if it's the, the, the kind of people, maybe you need to fire the people in your scouting department for not realizing that these guys might be injury prone as opposed to then blaming, you know, the putting the, putting the blame on, on the trainer. It does, it does suck, especially with Yasmani, because you, you, you expect the, I mean, the reason you brought him on this team, the reason he's so valuable is because of his on-base percentage. And if he no longer can get on base, then where is his value? Mm-hmm. And you saw it last year where Tony had a lot of faith in him placing him number two in the lineup, number three in the lineup. And he came through timely hitting, getting on base, seeing a lot of pitches. And I'm just not sure what's going on this year. Is it that 32, 33-year-old window that most people hit where they say to themselves, okay, well, I'm not as productive. I, I can't get on base as, as much as I, as I once did. You just, you're, not, you're unsure. You're uncertain as to what's going on there. Maybe it's because they dropped him in the lineup and he's not at the top of the order. But you do want productivity out of these guys because you're right. I mean, something has to happen in order for you to get more runs than your three per game that you're averaging. You mean more than Josh Harrison batting second, more than Leury Garcia batting second? You know what? The manager isn't helping you. The manager should have been fired. He's He never should have been hired. Never should have been because hired. Because what happened, and what you're seeing now with Tony Laurenteria, is he's not any <laughs> better than the last guy. And Tony Laurenteria is playing – is. Whatever you want to yell about the lineup beast is and whatever he thinks, it's embarrassing when Leury Garcia is counted on to perform miracles and Josh Harrison is counted on to perform miracles because the manager and his spidey senses. Well, Tony Laurentaria has the same number of <laughs> playoff victories as the guy he replaced. But what the chairman did in forcing this onto the Sox and forcing him into the dugout and jamming him down everyone's throats was he neutered the general manager. Mm. This would be a time you might shake that up. This would be a time you go, this team sucks. The injuries are a good shield, good coverage now. It's a, it deodorizes a manager who doesn't seem to be able to. You know what's really embarrassing about Tony Laurentaria? <laughs> this team's really bad defensively. Why doesn't the manager make this team better, make the players concentrate more, mindful more? Why doesn't he develop a better defensive team? And they're not that smart on the bases either. Wasn't that stuff? You're a Sox fan. How long have you watched this? Yeah, it's it's tough to watch, to be honest, especially because they put him in a position to the thought process going in was 
he can make the right decisions. He can put together that lineup. He can get the best out of his players because of his experience in Major League Baseball. But again, just like we were talking about with Yaz, but if you're not doing that, if you're not getting the best out of your players, then you do have to look. I didn't like the hire either. Mm-hmm. I thought it should have been someone younger that could have injected some life into the team. But you're right when he's leaning on a Laurie Garcia, who, by, by the way, always comes up with that hit that makes you say, ah, damn it, I want to get rid of you, but you just came up with no, that timely hit. he's batting hitting. 190. You don't <laughs> want him. It's and, timely hitting. And now Danny Mendick and Laurie Garcia are going to be your regulars in some combination oh, or another. Hurts. Uh, ideally, here's what you would – because Tim Anderson is going to be out for a while, and we have the – Sports doctors will weigh in on this. We will all bring this to you in just a minute. But ideally, with the way this, if if this lineup is whole, forget Eloy because he's always going to be hurt. But ideally, you would have Jake Berger at third, and you you would move Yoan Mokata back to second. So you'd have a representative lineup. You wouldn't be stuck with Danny Mendick and Leury Garcia. Sure, but Mokata's hurt. Mokata. Pinch hit, but he's not regular, and he's not to be. I don't know who you can trust right now, but it's not him. You wouldn't want to move Moncada to shortstop. No, you know that's where he wanted to play. That's, I, that's I, where he wants. I understand to be. where he wants. He's going to tap Tony Larusa on the shoulder, and, and say, now hey. you're asking a guy who's got injuries to be place a more play a more athletic position. Not that second base isn't athletic, but not as short as to. I I need a guy to field the ball. I hope Danny Mendick can do it because the Sox suck defensively. The manager yeah. has not made them better. But the lineup has to be better too. And here's why we're talking about this because when Tim Anderson got hurt, Tim Anderson was, needed help down, needed help getting up, needed help down the dugout. He he looked like a guy who just lost a, a hip, a leg, a groin, all the body parts. He's starting over. And the... The sports doctors, David Chow is is you probably see him a lot on Twitter, and he's okay. he's able to look at analyze injuries. Well, the the former Bulls doctor is part of this group, and and they have a they they're regularly commenting on based on what they've seen, and what they pointed out was Tim Anderson will be start with sixty days and go from there. Oh. that it's a groin and an and adductor injury. Because he couldn't even get down the dugout steps, right? Yeah. And on top of that, you're you're looking at a you're looking at an injury that from a, from a guy who's athletic requires a lot of a lot of work to get back. So he's looking at sixty days. So that's still this season, if this season's still going to matter. The one the one thing you have going for you. They're five games behind the Twins who have pitching trouble. They have pitching injuries. Mm-hmm. They're two and a half games out of the wild card, and they're one of the teams they trail is Toronto. They're going to Toronto. They're going to play Toronto. You, White Sox fan, what kind of faith do you have in this team without Tim Anderson? When they're without him, they're 28 and 28. There you go. They're a 500 team, and right now they're a 500 team. I look at the end of last season where Luis Robel and Ilo Jimenez we're out, and other guys stepped up in their place, like Andrew Vaughn, Sheets. And I'm hoping for the same thing this season. I'm hoping f- that when certain people get their opportunity to replace Tim Anderson or any any spot in that infield, that they take full advantage of that opportunity and they, they understand that they are on a team that has a window 
and they perform to that level. That's my hope. But I go back to, you know, Yoan Makata really just, I hope they shift him over to shortstop. I genuinely do because he needs a confidence boost. He can't get healthy. He needs a confidence boost. And I think that. Yeah, and you think making errors? You really think, <laughs> which should be worse? If you're a Sox pitcher, do you want Grandal catching you when you've got a sharp <laughs> slider? Or do you want Moncada at short? Pick your poison. Well, that's awful. That's where they are. That's what Grandal does. When he can't get on base and he can't catch the ball, and you've got a guy trying to throw a, a sharp slider, you're they're afraid to do it. <laughs> Because they know Moncada, I mean, they, they know Grandal won't get it. This is an awful situation. Speaking of awful situations, I'm Steve Rosenblum here on Memorial Day. He's Gabriel Mirrors. We are, let me run this down for you. We're going to take a break. We will talk with Mark Gonzalez, Daily Herald, and contributes to the Associated Press. We'll talk Cubs socks with Gonzo at 8 o'clock. We'll do that at 720. At 8 o'clock, we'll talk with Bruce Levine. The guru, the the base of scores, base. What does he call us? Scores. <laughs> what do we call him? Scores baseball analyst, reporter, part of inside the clubhouse, and all. He's he's everywhere that they're host serving. of inside the clubhouse, host of inside co-host the with David Haw, and he's he's and we're in for I guess we're David Haw and Mahan Molly and Haw. So Bruce Levine will be here. The best corned beef sandwich you can buy. Cam Ellis will talk to us at 9. We'll talk about he covers the Bears for 670, the score. 10 a.m., we'll go up north, Milwaukee, Bart Winkler, 1250 a.m., the fan, because the Cubs play the Brewers in a doubleheader. We don't know why the Cubs are still playing, but they are. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Give you the tech zone number, phone number, 312-644-6767. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabriel Ramirez. We'll take a break. We'll come back, talk more. Tim Anderson, White Sox, and where they go and what they do and how do they get into this mess. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Welcome in. Welcome back. Indeed. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabe Ramirez. We are here on this Monday, on this Memorial Day. And we hope we find some sunshine. If you're a White Sox fan, I kind of <laughs> doubt it. We're going to go to the hotline, our guest line. Guests join us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And we welcome back to the show our deluxe baseball insider, Mark Gonzalez. Hi, Gonzo. Hi, Steve. Hi, Gabe. What's up? So... Did the White Sox season end yesterday? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing the rope-a-dope right now. Uh, <laughs> boy, that, that, that's the only way I can, I can say that. It, had they lost yesterday, then uh, you might be uh, tuning the violin right now. But, uh, they're, boy, it just seems like one step forward, two steps back. And I just th- look think that they would have lost that game. I mean, how demoralizing would it have been? And then you go to Toronto and Tampa Bay, and then you got uh, the Hollywood Dodgers next week. So um, <laughs> this th- that was that was that became a must win game uh, after Anderson got hurt yesterday. It was tough, and we talked Friday, Gonzo, and you mentioned that if the Sox lost both of those games, it wouldn't ruin those seasons, ruin the season. So I do want to remind you that you said that on Friday because you're breaking my heart talking about the rope-a-dope that the Sox are playing right now. I mentioned to Steve uh, just a second ago that I, 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 I would love if the Sox would place Yoan Moncada at shortstop. 
I'm curious to hear your take on that or if you'd leave the combo of Danny Mendek and Lori Garcia to take on that role. They've been very careful about keeping uh, Yona at third base, and I think that would be the plan. Uh, keep in mind he's coming off an oblique injury, uh, and you play shortstop, you're going to test uh, both sides of your both sides even more. I, I just think they're going to be uh, more content to keep him at third. I could be wrong given you know Berger's uh, lack of mobility, but at this point, I, I just see Yon staying at third. It's just it's been the staying the course so far. I know shortstop's a precious position, but at this point, I just think that uh, given given where Yon's at and his ability to play third, I think they keep him there. We're talking with Mark Gonzalez, the Daily Herald. He's our baseball insider, our deluxe baseball insider. The White Sox are a 500 team now at 23 and 23. Without, according to the game notes for the White Sox, they're 28 and 28 without Tim Anderson and 123 and 89 since 2020 with him in the lineup. He won't be in the lineup for what looks to be, according to the sports injury clinic, the the, the waiting on the MRI, but it looks to be 60 days minimum. They're five and a half games behind Minnesota, two and a half games out of the wild card, and they're going to face Toronto, one of the teams ahead of them. They are a minus 45 in run differential. In the American League, they're worse than every team, even the dog breath Orioles and dog breath A's, every team except the Royals and the Tigers. How... With this offense, and now you're missing your best hitter, how does this work with a, a run differential of, of this magnitude? How do you find this team getting better or doing anything that looks like a contending team? How come you didn't call the Tigers dog breath? I mean, they've been Okay. <laughs> Thank Look, you. Right. Tigers, okay. Orioles, Royals, A's, dog breath and the Sox are still have a worse run differential than two of those four teams. Happy now? Uh, you go, use the word phrase, ocean mouth. <laughs> God, okay, so. anyway, anyway, <laughs> to, to get to your point, get to your point, it, it, it's simple. The, the offense has got to tighten up the strike zone uh, and also work some deeper counts. You know, Stroman threw very well yesterday, but they didn't uh, put him in any stressful uh, – situations by just going up there and hacking sometimes you got to work work counts a little better than they have and also uh, cut down on the chase as well uh, it, it's plain and simple I, i'm putting this one on the players quite a bit now there have been some games where they've gotten out of hand late and, and therefore there's your run differential but um you, you start scoring earlier you take stress off the pitching staff it's, it's been my formula and i'm sure others for many many years and i think you'd have to look at the defense as well if you play a little bit better Ooh. defense, then you might <laughs> fix that run differential. Um, let me ask you about your thoughts on Tony Larusa and how he's managed the first forty-six games of the season. Well, I'll, I'll take the, these these last two, and they've been a little little more curious than the previous forty-four or whatever. Just uh, uh, decisions with the bullpen been, uh, you know, you got to wonder at, at some point what, what's going on there. Uh, in terms of the, the lineup construction, now everybody fascinates over that, and, and they do have a, a right to do so. Uh, we all know about Garcia and why he batted second and third uh, four times, I think. That was 
quite unusual. Sometimes you got to do the best what you have. I, I wouldn't have done it, but you know, I'm sure Tony had his ideas. Uh, the bigger thing for me is, is that Vaughn should have batted a little higher in the order. I think uh, pr- prior to now, um, he's got to be a, a more uh, integral part of this lineup, especially getting more at bats. I think you'll see that coming at least until uh, Robert returns and, and Aloy, who knows, but um that's where I stand with him is pretty much uh, the bullpen handling and lineup construction. But there are a lot of things, too, that have been out of his hands, especially with injuries. And he's got to, you know, he's been resigned to the work of what he has right now. We're talking with Mark Gonzalez, our deluxe baseball insider, Daily Herald. He has covered the Sox and he's covered the Cubs and he's covered many, many teams in Major League Baseball. So let me ask you this. If they were to, it, they'll never fire Tony Laurentaria because the chairman won't allow it to happen. Well, he is. They're, they're going to say I'm never playoff victories. Their defense stinks. Their base running's curious. They're hitting worse, actually, than than the other guys' teams. Anyways, uh, they'll never fire him, but you covered A.J. Pruszynski. He'd be my choice to manage the White Sox because I don't think you get a bunch of guys looking lackadaisical. I don't think you get a bunch of crap out there, and he would – you would you would get better on defense only to make to to shut him up if you were one of his players. Has he ever voiced that desire? Would he ever be in a diet? Would he be a White Sox choice to be that kind of manager? Well, I you know I communicate quite a bit with him, but it's mostly about his son. Son finished his freshman year, I believe, at First Academy in, in Orlando. They just wrapped up their season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a very very good season. AJ seems like being a coach and a, and a, uh, a dad who travels, drives his kids to various sporting events uh, quite a bit around the Orlando area. And I think he really likes what he's doing right now. I think it would have to be the perfect, perfect situation for him to even consider being a manager. I, I just don't see at this point stranger things have happened. But I think he's, he's content right now uh, being an assistant coach for his, his son's team and also uh, driving his daughter around to various volleyball events. Um, and I think he knows now that um, players have a lot of power, not just here, but in, in other other markets. And it, it's very tough for uh, managers to get a full, full grasp and control other players these days. It's just the way it is. That's why you see teams carry three hitting coaches. It's, it's, it's nuts, but that's just the way things are these days. I can just imagine A.J., during the Crosstown Classic, arguing balls and strikes coming out and just creating some some madness that's out there. I love that, actually. I love former players. I mean, obviously, White Sox, Ozzie Guillen, 2005. So that sits well in my memory banks. So to think about AJ coaching this team, I think you're right. I think you're right, Steve. I think he, he'd bring <clears throat> that passion that is, that is missing because there is some sort of lackadaisical nature that's going on in, in, the, in the White Sox clubhouse where – <clears throat> they almost feel as though they belong there as opposed to feeling as though they need to earn it. Well, the accountability is an issue. Gonzo, how do you see, of all the managers you've covered, how do you see accountability, how do you see it when it's done right? It's it's done more than just posting a lineup card and guys seeing that they're out of the lineup for screwing up. I mean, that used to be the way yeah. managers would deliver the message. You know, I, you know, Don Zimmer was big on that. Joe Girardi learned from him for a while with the Yankees until that kind of ran out. You can't do that anymore because 
it just doesn't work fully. It, it's pretty much starts in spring training where, where a manager will tell specific guys that, hey, we need you, you're important to us, uh, we need you to do this and also do that. And the latter is more important because you're probably telling guys, hey, uh, we need your teammate to step up or be aware of this or that. That why that's that way the manager doesn't have to do policing. The, the players can police themselves, and that goes a long way in in accountability because that guy who's maybe the twentieth or twenty first player on the roster, even twenty six, knows he can't screw up because the leaders are going to be watching him. Yeah, when you're looking at this White Sox roster and talking about who will be leading this team, you know Tim, Tim Anderson's always been that quiet leader, so to speak. You know Jose Abreu should be that leader, but who who do you think they're leaning on now with Tim being out and Jose having a I don't want to say an an, an under underwhelming year, but maybe not as vocal or as productive as he's been in the past. Well, we, we saw a pretty interesting moment when when Grandal uh, spoke up on behalf of, of Tim in New York, and, and it has to go a little farther than that. I'm not singling out Grandal, but. It's those type of guys that have to be, uh, you know, more assertive, not just in the performance, but and keeping guys sharp, you know, keeping pitchers sharp so um, opponents aren't stealing third without a throw, those sort of things, tidying things up, keeping people on their toes. And I think it's it's, it's got to come from the next wave of guys who have experience and, and haven't done that in the past but are going to have to do it. Because, you know, with, with Tim out of there, you know, your shortstop's pretty much your, your quarterback, you know, calling signals in the middle of the field. And uh, now it's, it's up to others to, to do that, especially the guys that have been through the, the wars before, the, the, the Brayus and, and the Grandals, Blancadas, those type of guys. Mark Gonzalez is our guest. He's our deluxe baseball insider, a lovely chap to chat baseball with. He's covered the Cubs and Sox and Giants and Diamondbacks and everywhere and everything in between. So let me ask you, is it fair to bring up that um, titular general manager Rick Hahn failed epically when he could have signed a second baseman who could now move to short, but Trevor Story went to the Red Sox? Well, <laughs> they thought they needed to spread the, spread their money in other areas and not just in, in one chunk. Certainly it would have been nice to have a, a Rodon here, and, and Story does come to mind. I thought they did like Story, but more as a rental last season. Mm. And you look at how the money's been distributed, and, and I know uh, a lot of people are upset the way it was. Um, and, and, and quite frankly, it took Story – some time to get going and now he has and we saw what he did uh last week here against them i i'm kind of curious uh, and i kind of tapped the brakes on a team like the white Sox putting all their money into one guy when you already have the foundation built and i can understand why rick distributed the money in various areas rather than one uh big ticket guy over a long haul because Let's face it, you know, Luis Roberts is going to have a, a, a big payday based on the way his contract structured. Same with Aloy and, and a few others. They still got to address Giolito, too. I know the future is now. They want to win now. But I just think there were, there were so many areas that they, 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 could have, they needed a plug. And certainly second base hasn't worked out. I would still think that uh, they feel that that's 
a fixable position, even though they've, they've struggled there. I think down the road they'll address it, assuming they're still going to be in contention. So, you know, getting back to story two, you know, he, he did have to make a position change. Um, certainly he, he would have helped his team immensely, but I just thought there were other areas, and I think the injuries make it more glaring as to, you know, why they didn't go after a big-ticket guy. When I say injuries in other areas, you look at, you know, a guy like Kelly and then, you know, lack of production at second base to name two. You know, someone that they did spend money on a few years ago, Dallas Keiko, just DFA'd. I'm, I'm curious to hear were you, if you were surprised or not by that designation. Okay, first of all, I, I, I was wrong on him. I thought that he would give him a little more quality than he did. So I, I'm put, throw me in that boat. I was, I was wrong on him. It just wasn't uh, the higher ups of the Sox because I, I endorsed that signing. So I'll have to wear that one. Um, I was a little, a little surprised by the timing of it only because um, they still got to wait on, on Lynn. He's probably going to be back in a couple of weeks, if not sooner. I thought they might stretch it out a little more, but um, I think they felt they just reached an end with him and it did a little sooner. So I guess that, that kind of speaks to they feel that the guys they have now can, can carry the torch until Lynn's back. And they saw Keiko is, is no more than a starter. I, I agree with that assessment. Uh, but to do it a little sooner, I, just, I guess they figured, hey, we got to pay him anyway. And if he's not helping us, let's move on. So I understand that. It's going to suck when the Cardinals sign him and turn him into a quality starter. You know again. that's going to happen. Yeah. You know he's going to sign with someone and be have a chip on his shoulder and just kill us. Gonzo, let's talk well, about the uh, what team that used to be a, a rival of the Cardinals, the Cubs. Now they have a rival with the Reds. They're trying to, you know, stay in the gutter and they don't want to punch up. So... The Jed Hoyer in his obliqué and his obfuscation and this silliness and embarrassing this attempt not to use the word rebuild when it's clearly a rebuild. I mean, they quit on the Cub fans when they traded Darvish. <clears throat> Whatever else followed, followed, and, and that has continued that. Looking at what they have now, as Jed Hoyer talks about the next great Cubs team, is there anybody on the current roster that you can believe will be there when this next great Cubs team comes to us and ser- services as, um, and shows up as champions at Wrigley Field? Keegan Thompson. And why are you he convinced the- he's it first out of your mouth? Because he's deluxe. Did you see? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Did you see? Did you see him throw that high fastball pass to Brayu yes, Saturday? I did. I mean, how many how many Cubs pitchers have done that recently in past years against the Brayu, who has just destroyed them over the years? Okay, well, a lot of pitchers have, have done this um, to a Brayu now. It seems to be getting more and more, but maybe in August he'll be. I hope he yeah, – Jose Brayu needs to have his August and June right now. That's really what he needs to do. But Keegan Thompson, so is that – the first name out of your mouth or the only name you're going to come up with as far as the next great Cubs team? Give me four hours to think on that one. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right, Godzo, that's it. Get back to us. We, we expect to have a report before the end of the show. Thank, thanks for joining us, Gonzo. Enjoy your Memorial okay. Day. All right. Okay. Thanks. Mark Gonzalez. Is uh, Deluxe Baseball Insider Daily Herald? He's covered the Cubs and Sox, and he's covered all over. By the way, the deluxe 
designation saved for Mark Gonzalez. Only. And here, I'll tell you the story. Gonzo has, and, and I, I wasn't lying when he's covered the Giants and the Diamondbacks, and the general manager of the Giants, Brian Sabian, who built those championship teams, and was, Gonzo's talking to him one time, and that's where Gonzo heard Sabian drop the, we need a deluxe pitcher. Uh, or they had gotten a pitcher, and he described him as deluxe. <laughs> so Gonzo has brought that to the air with me and Mark Rohde. I love it. And we have carried that on, and Gonzo has been our deluxe right? Gonzo's terrific. He's a great guest. We didn't have his normal walk-up music. Okay. Um, And that's, we usually let our guests choose their walk-up music, but somehow that's gone by the wayside. But Gonzo's walk-up music is John Facenda, the voice of God, oh. reading a very famous poem. And anyways, that's that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're wondering what the Sox are going to do. And while I'm not going to speak for Steve Stone, Steve Stone speaks for himself very well, and you hear him on the score 75 times a week here. And it's wonderful. I've had conversations with him, and I'm going to go back to a conversation I had with him about how a team with sustained success sustained it in situations like this. Hmm. And I have no idea if it exists, but I will bring it up to you, Gabe Ramirez. You can tell me whether you think it could happen or not. And we'll try to fill time, and hopefully no one important is listening, and we'll be able to go into the 8 o'clock hour where we'll bring Bruce Levine on. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabe Ramirez. We are here for you for your Memorial Day entertainment. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. It is Memorial Day, although a 708 texture and our text line, same as our phone number, 312-644-6767. Our texture from 708 says, maybe I'm alone for feeling like it's Saturday suckage. Bang, bang. I'm really talking to the Wake and Bake Club. You are. Love you guys, but you're really messing with the stoners. LOL. <laughs> that usually happens, Gabe. Just so you know, the Wake and Bake Club... Mark Rohde and I founded when we found out that most of our listeners 10, 12 years ago sure. were waking bakers. Smoke weed every day. Because hey. had commented that we're talking about a story off the coast of San Diego. The government had seized, I don't know, 4 million pounds of pot. And Grody says, we are out of pot. Chicago is out of pot. As a joke, as Grody is wont to do. Sure. Wonderful man, Mark Grody. So over there, I look through that glass, and there are tomato face Senor Blanco, our producer, our balding producer, and all of a sudden it's red, and he's oh, exploding, no. <laughs> and, he's, and he's picking up the phone, as you've seen producers do, right? Sure. And then nodding his head and hanging up, and then picking up the phone again, and nodding his head and hanging up and growing redder and redder. He is Mars. He is the red planet, Senior Blanco. And all of our phones are lit up. What happened? Nobody had said trade Michael Jordan, or nobody had said Jordan's not the best player in the world, which is usually what would happen at that. That would spark it. Well, it turns out everybody took Mark Grody seriously. <laughs> And they wanted- Our phones lit up. Is that true? Are we at a pot in Chicago? At a pot? That's how we found out that our audience was a bunch of. That's when we founded the WB Club, the Wake and Bake Club. Okay. That 
our audience is a bunch of Wake and Bakers. And the, the beauty of it is whether we were on from 6 to 10 or 8 to noon or 11 to 2 or working any other day but Saturday, like we are on Monday, and we've worked a Friday and we've really screwed up the stoners, and Danny Parkins vouched for this <laughs> on the air, you can wake and bake at any time. Facts. One time over a transition, me and Bernstein were handing it over to McNeil and Parkins, and McNeil says, well, you're on at 11 o'clock, isn't that? You can't wake and bake. You can't be the wake and bake club anymore. And I said, why don't you ask your partner? And Danny goes, oh, yeah, 11 o'clock's <laughs> fine. Whenever. So that was that. We're sorry that you were screwing with your Saturday suckage in your wake and bake club. By the way, I have gotten more comments from people now telling me that the the Wake and Bakery has opened a second a second um, a, a second option. This one in Northbrook. Are you familiar with the Wake and Bakery? I, I've never heard of Wake and Bakery. They will make bake you know bake goods, sure, and they'll infuse them with what you want. Okay. What, the, the original one was in Lakeview. This is where we first heard of it, the Wake and Bakery, and they had. And I ran this by my son who lives in. Uh, in, in the area, this, near Lakeview. And he says, yeah, I know that place. They have, they're the one with, with diet pot. <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, I, I don't know. You might be familiar with this. Okay. You, you children, you. You kids, you nowadays. <laughs> Maybe Caesar is. Most of our producers should be. If they work here, and especially on weekends, they need it. So I didn't understand this, but... There is the difference between Delta 8 and Delta 9. And if you infuse it with Delta 9, that's full strength. That's that, that's weapons-grade pot, THC. Delta 8 is lesser a lesser strength, half strength, whatever it is. So my son calls it diet pot. Yeah, why because would they do that? That sounds awful. Well, <laughs> maybe just a little bit of an edge in the morning as just opposed to... Smoke less. Don't, don't give me diet weed. I don't want that. weed every day. Yeah. So anyways, that was that. And now I've been... I think, yeah, they're stealing our act. And I met a woman who makes her own jams and would sell them to the Wake and Bakery in Lakeview. Okay. And that woman who ran the ba- Wake and Bakery would infuse it with Delta 8 or Delta 9, whatever you wanted. What you need in the morning, if you really are part of the Wake and Bake Club, so that that way you're not getting too high, is tincture. Because tincture is the little drops that you can just put in your coffee. I was unaware of tincture. Tincture is pretty cool. That's something that... Is that what's in your cup of coffee? That's a big, my wide gone. cup of coffee. <laughs> my coffee's gone, so we'll never know. But. So you're either high or you're not. Like Kevin Durant, we had Kevin Durant and David Letterman. We, had, we played the cut from him doing on, on Letterman's Netflix show. My next guest needs no introduction. Love that show. Right. Well, Durant was on and said, yeah, I'm actually high right now. (laughs) Told Letterman that. It was a great moment in Wake and Bake Club (laughs) history. So anyways, tincture, huh? Tincture. So that'll just sort of get your day started or take the edge off a day that started badly. Like if you're a White Sox fan, you need the Wake and Bake Club today, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You want to be on a high, but you're really on a low. So, so tincture comes right in there, but it is the epitome of wake and bake because you put it in your coffee, and you are you know waking, baking, and you know but getting getting upper as well with your coffee. Right, you could well you could do wake and bagels. You could okay. you could inject it in your bagels or your cream cheese. Okay, whether you have diet cream cheese or <laughs> I never heard of diet. You know, I never got to the Steve Stone stuff, but 
630 Texter, my six-year-old son now singing The Waking Bakers, The Waking Bakers, oh, The Waking Bakers. Yeah, we're here for that. So anyways, we're we're doing that. See, Caesar, do we have to take a break? Should I talk about the Steve Stone stuff? Should, no, we have to get to Bruce. Cranky, wake and baker Bruce. Bruce is a guy who needs to wake and bake. Yeah, Bruce is pretty chill. Takes, so, so he's uh, Bruce is pretty chill for me. Whenever I have him on my show, he's chill. I, I, I love his I love his demeanor. Oh, look at that. Okay, well he's <laughs> fooled you, Caesar. <laughs> All right, we are here. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabe Ramirez. We are here for your Memorial Day entertainment. I won't say Happy Memorial Day because there's nothing happy about it. It honors. It's a solemn occasion commemorating the people who sacrificed their lives so we could have the kind of lives we have in this country. So I will just say welcome you to our Memorial Day broadcast. And I will say we're going to take a break. And we'll come back and we'll continue to discuss the misery that is Chicago baseball. The White Sox always getting hurt and the Cubs never getting better. Wow, there's a baseball doubleheader. And we are going to bring you the Cubs doubleheader, by the way. We, me and Gabe, that's the editorial we, take you up till 1130 for Zach's pregame show, and that'll be game one. First pitch is 12.05, Cubs and Brewers. So that's today on The Score. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabe Ramirez. We are Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 